We're looking into uh, Elon Musk's decision today that he announced on Twitter that he wants to buy all of Twitter. Came as a real surprise to just about everyone. We think $43 billion is the offer. He says it's not about the money. It's about preserving Twitter as a public square. He has had fights with Twitter in the past. He's gotten into trouble for some of the tweets that he's uh, put out there. Uh, He took aim at the Canadian government last year during the trucker blockade. Uh, That got him into a bit of trouble as well. Joining me now is Elizabeth Dubois. She's an associate professor in the Department of Communication and a member of the Center for Law, Technology and Society at the University of Ottawa. We're going to talk about uh, what kind of challenges Elon Musk might have in taking over Twitter. Will he make it a better place? Uh, Elizabeth Dubois, thank you for your time tonight. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I guess the question I've been asking is just your initial reaction to this news. Yeah, it was uh, quite the surprise to wake up to. Uh, You know, on one hand, it's a surprise to have, you know, one very wealthy person offer to take over an entire company that really serves as a core communication tool for many people is is shocking. On the other hand, Elon Musk has uh, been very vocal about his views of what Twitter should be and could be and uh, is, you know, putting his his money where the, the kind of mouth is. I was going to ask the important the importance of Twitter um, overall because we know that as a in terms of a shareholder company it hasn't done uh, fantastically. It's not one of the big uh, social media companies that say you know Congress is paying a lot of attention to, but it does occupy a very important position uh, for who it serves, does it not? Yeah, absolutely. So Twitter is no, it's not kind of like the massive ones that everybody goes to, but the communities that Twitter is used by are really invested in the platform, make a lot of use of it. Twitter has been extremely useful for a lot of different groups organizing. Uh, A lot of niche communities come together on Twitter. There's a lot of political information sharing that happens on Twitter. It's a place where a lot of journalists interact with each other, interact with politicians and sources. And that leads into a much wider news system. So even those of us who aren't on Twitter every day are still being impacted by Twitter without necessarily even knowing it. I would imagine therein lies the attraction for Elon Musk, not as a financial investment, but as you know, a bit like taking a bit like taking over a big newspaper back in the day. Yeah, the the potential power of whoever owns these companies, both in terms of you know owning the newspaper type situation where like you are going to be uh, prioritizing information and controlling what kinds of relationships exist between different political actors to a certain degree. That's, that's a huge attraction there. There's also kind of this level of just general interaction in the kind of tech regulation space that I think is part of this, the idea of how we deal with content moderation and how we deal with what information should and shouldn't flow in online spaces is a huge regulatory issue right now. And getting in via Twitter, even though Twitter is not the biggest player, is still uh, a way to enter those conversations uh, pretty drastically. When you look at Elon Musk's previous comments about free speech, about how he sees what Twitter should be, is that something that, that raises alarm bells or do you think it's something that raises perhaps an improvement to the platform? You know, I, I see alarm bells and I see alarm bells for two reasons. One reason is I think the way Elon Musk has articulated a view of what free speech is, is really problematic. When we think about the Canadian context of freedom of expression, it is always balanced against other rights that we have as citizens and, and inhabitants here. And 
being able to exist in free from hate speech is a really crucial thing for us. And so I think the way Elon Musk has articulated that idea of freedom uh, is potentially problematic because it ignores a lot of hate that does happen on Twitter even now. And then the other level that it kind of concerns me on is boiling this all down to being about free speech. And I don't think at the end of the day, it's simply about freedom of speech. I think these platforms, whether they're owned by Elon Musk, some other very wealthy individual or a company with pu- that's publicly traded, you know, they are making a lot of choices about our information environment. They are controlling the flow of information regardless. And so I think framing it as a free speech thing is risky. Elon Musk, though, when I mean, considering you're at the Center for Law, Technology and Society, it's hard to think of a figure in the world right now who seems to intersect all those things more in a more dominant way than Elon Musk, whether it be Tesla or SpaceX. Uh, is there a possibility here that that he may bring something to Twitter uh, that we just don't expect and it may not be bad uh, from where you sit? You know, it's it's really hard to know because there's so little offered right now in terms of plans beyond I want free speech and I want my version of free speech. Right. And so feasibly, sure, there could be something interesting that's brought to the table, but we haven't seen much evidence of that or much even kind of suggestion of what that would look like. So uh, yeah, at this point, it's hard to imagine, but certainly we do see lots of innovation when you bring in lots of different perspectives and different experiences and pulling from different industries into the social media world uh, could offer benefits. We just haven't seen them outlined very well at all. That is Elizabeth Dubois, Associate Professor in the Department of Communication and member for the Center for Law, Technology and Society at the University of Ottawa.